Our second scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, and this is the story of the raising of Lazarus. Jesus has been speaking with his disciples, and he has decided to go to Bethany, even though he knows that he is making the decision to go near to the place where he will be arrested, and they will seek his life. Let us hear God's word. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Judeans had come to Mary and Martha to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Then the dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. How often have we thought, O God, Where are you? Where are you in the midst of death? 
Where are you? If you were here, you would not allow children to die. You would not allow disease to take people too young. You would not allow massive disasters. You would not allow such loss of life. Speak to us. Speak to us. And open our hearts that we may live. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. There are t-shirts on our lawn, blue and yellow and white. Most of you know it is our memorial to the lost, our memorial to those lost in gun violence in the greater Washington area in 2013. You may have written the name and the death date and the age of one of those people on one of the t-shirts outside. Yesterday, we had a service to dedicate that memorial to the holy purpose of proclaiming God's no to gun violence. It was sacred ground. It is sacred ground. The wind was blowing. We were afraid they would blow off the stanchions. They did not. The shirts were filled with the wind, and it did look as if they could fly away. The writing on each shirt is a little bit different. I have been told that the lettering that is the best must have been done by a school teacher. And others, like the one I made, are far less perfect. But the different writing personalized the shirts. It individualized them and made them different, just like the people that they represent. The shirts came to life. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. We speak these words at services of witness to the resurrection. And at the time of death, they are so comforting to know in our heart that even though the ones we love have died, it is not the end of them. There is more to our existence than we can know. Death is not the end of us. We die into the love 
of God that never ends. There are three words of interest in our Lenten vocabulary. The first is resurrection. And all I want to say about resurrection is that the Greek word anastasis, it's actually anastasis, it literally means to stand up. The second word that I will tell you about is the word for life. Now we know that the gospel writer John loves to play with double meanings. The living water, the flowing water, born again, born anew, born from above, born by the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of John loves to play with these different meanings to create misunderstanding and correction and that teaching moment and some ambiguity in which that space, the Spirit moves. So this word for life, there is a word for life, bio, which is physical life, our bodies. And the word zoe, which is life in the presence of God. Ever-present life. Eternal life. Here and now and always. It can be physical life, but there is more to Zoe than the physical life. It is an eternal, creative love and wholeness that is the life that flows through all living things always and forever. Always. Always. This is eternal life. And it's not so much about the quantity of time, not so much about living forever, but about living eternally now. It is about the fullness of life. This is the power, the spirit of love that is always becoming more and more fully alive. Jesus says, I am life. That's what this story of the raising of Lazarus is. It is John's way of pointing us and saying, Jesus is life. Jesus is the way to life. Jesus gives life. And Jesus makes it very clear that this is not just in some distant future at the end of time. I am in this present moment, the resurrection and the life. Now, past, present, future, unbounded by time. This can sound like, and this is our third vocabulary word, which I think we've talked about every Sunday in Lent so far, which you should know will review. It can sound as if that we have to truly think in 
in our minds that Jesus really is God and God's anointed. And it comes to be this kind of thing that we have to try harder and harder to make it come true. And that we sometimes think if we can't believe hard enough to make it come true, then we do not get that eternal life. It is like it is in Peter Pan, right? When Tinkerbell is about to die and the light is about to go off, and and what do we do? What does Peter Pan say? If we believe hard enough and clap our hands, Tinkerbell will come back to life. That is not the gospel. Maybe the gospel according to Disney, but that is not the gospel according to John. Belief as an intellectual exercise is that very narrow interpretation that has done us more harm than good. We have understood it as to mean we have to think enough and try hard enough to get to heaven. And if those who don't think and hard enough or have never heard of Jesus or don't believe in Jesus or believe in Buddha or Allah, then they definitely don't get to go to heaven. They definitely don't get to eternal life. Heaven is its own concept that has, it's just, reward and punishment has never led to the fullness of life. We don't get eternal life by fear. The opposite of fear is love. We know that that word for belief, pistis, is about trusting and loving Jesus and the way that Jesus lives. It is about committing ourselves to a life of loving and compassion and working for justice. That is to believe, to have faith, to love, to be love, Jesus. Your brother will rise again, Martha. I know he will rise again on the day of resurrection, on the last day. Martha, you don't have to wait for the last day. I am life. The eternal life of now. And those who live even though they die will live. And anyone who lives into me is part of that eternal now that is eternal. Double words. That never dies. Do you trust this? Martha really has very little idea of what Jesus is talking about. It is only when Jesus actually threatens to open the tomb that Mary and Martha are thrust into this new reality. Jesus is life now. This whole story sets us up for Easter morning. You hear it. 
the tomb with the stone and roll away the stone. Mary will proclaim life on Easter morning because she has seen the empty tomb before. She will proclaim, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the love of God alive. Mary will proclaim God's eternal yes, which is God's eternal no to the violence of the cross. That torturous death. Yesterday, we stood in eternal life. We stood on the church lawn on that sacred ground in the midst of those billowing t-shirts. We sang, we prayed. Do you remember what that word, anastasis, anastasis means? And people came there from at least five or six different organizations together to stand up against gun violence, to stand up and proclaim God's no to gun violence. Moms Against Moms Demand Action, Heeding God's Call, The Yellow Tape Project, Capital Partners in Education, Blessed Sacrament, Interfaith Works. We were all standing up to say no to Fort Hood and no to Columbine and no to Sandy Hook and no to the mass shootings and no to children playing with guns and being accidentally killed and no to suicide. We stood up proclaiming the gospel. And it occurred to me that although the lives represented by those t-shirts had ended, it was not the end of them. God raised them up in us to eternal life. Amen.